Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera. I've got a very special guest today. I've got Devin's bookie here, and we've got a couple people here. We've got we've got Hangul and we got DB himself. So this is going to be a really interesting podcast. I know this is a very hot guest, a big guest for us, and it's a big guest for all of gambling Twitter. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you guys on. We're going to be talking some NBA playoffs, some futures, and how they like to cap, and even how you know they kind of got started here. So it's a pleasure to have you guys on. How are you doing today? Doing pretty well, and thanks for having us on. We're equally excited. Big fan of yours as well, and excited to to talk some NBA playoffs and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. very excited. Yeah, man, it's going to be a good time. I know I met uh, I met one of you guys. I met you at. Uh, one of the mojo events. So it was a good opportunity to kind of get like an interaction together and, you know, just kind of touch base and see how everybody's doing. But um, I wanted to ask you guys, because obviously Devin's bookie, it's awesome name for an account. Um, <laughs> but like, how did that, like, how did that happen? You know, like you just see Devin Booker just laying down on the ground in the bubble and you're like, this is it. This is how we got to start. Or like, what, what was going on with that? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Um, so during the, during the pandemic, I wanted to make an account and just start posting stuff that I was betting on because I'd been doing pretty well with it and I was bored and thought it'd be like a fun outlet, um, to, to mostly just, you know, kind of kill time and kind of see if anyone thought it was interesting as well. Um, and I had a buddy who had an account on Twitter. He he wasn't very good at betting, so it kind of flamed out. Um, but he had the idea of Devin's bookie. Um, Suns are my favorite team. And at the time Booker was the best player on the team and he mentioned it to me and immediately I thought it was kind of catchy. It would stick out. Um, and so that's how it kind of came to be a nice little play on words. Dude, that's awesome. I mean, I, are you, I don't know if you've been a long time Suns fan, but I was a big, big Steve Nash fan. So, um, but if you, even if you haven't been a Suns fan that long, that means that you definitely are not a front runner. So it's good yeah. to see that, you know, the name has kind of grown with the team as well here. Um, yeah, but- I, had, I had an uncle that uh, worked really closely with the Suns um, in their very early days. Okay. Um, and because of that, he had courtside seats. Oh. Um, so like growing up in Phoenix during the Steve Nash era, I was lucky enough to go to a bunch of games and became a fan pretty immediately <laughs> because of that, obviously, and being from Phoenix. Um, there, there was actually, there, there were two funny stories from that. The first is once we were there during warmups, me and my dad, and a ball rolled to him and he looked up and tossed it and standing right there was Steve Nash and he turned around and hit a fadeaway three. That's I was like, awesome. Dad, you just assisted Steve Nash. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And then there, there, there was another game uh, where I was trying to get Amari Stoudemire's autograph on like an envelope I had. Okay. And the security wouldn't let me step like any closer to him and wouldn't let him come any closer to me. And next thing I know, like there's just something wet on my head, like dripping on me. And he had just like took off his jersey and tossed it on me. That's unbelievable. That's, that's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, that's that, one way to be a that's Suns how you, fan. That's how life. you learn to love a team. Exactly. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, good for you, man. That's like a great, like, that's those are great, like, memories to kind of bring in and, you know, tie you into the sport forever, really. So um, I guess, you know, and then Hangul, like, how did you kind of get into this? Because I know you guys obviously have been working, you know, you, you guys work together. And, you know, how did this kind of come about? So it's actually a really funny story. Um, so DB and I went to college together. Um, he was older than I, so we didn't really know each other that well while we were at school. But yeah. then we connected during an online poker game that was on Poker Now. Shout out to them for carrying uh, all of us <laughs> the pandemic. For real. Um, but so it was like a, you know, a bunch of our mutual friends had created a game. And then long story short, the games were going on all night. Start, we were playing. DB and I weren't the best in that group. I will say that, you know, um, it wasn't our forte. And it just happened. I think it was, it started with late night college basketball or, or college football. Like, you know, like the Hawaii teams or whatever, like the games that go on at like 11 p.m. Oh my so God. Yeah. About those. And then I just went to more sports betting conversation. And he had started up the account at the time and um, a little after that. And I was a really bad gambler before I met him. So I learned a lot from DB about, you know, like just like uh, bankroll management, you know, how to find value and not do. 10 leg parlays the entire day and just blow your entire bankroll on that. And so that now she progressed from just like friendship over betting to like working together. And I don't know, I guess it's been like 
two years now, three years. I'm not, honestly not sure it's been a yeah, it's I mean, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I, I saw this tweet the other day and like it was that the pan because Biden signed a thing saying that the COVID emergency was over. And it was like a quote tweet. And it was that it's COVID was bookended by Rudy Gobert putting his hands on things that he shouldn't have. And, <laughs> and it's just like kind of funny because like it's been it, it has been a while that this has kind of been a space. And I think the people have really looked towards, you know, social media and discords and like other online communities for, you know, for not only for like plays and, you know, information, but also for that sense of like community. Right. So you guys, obviously, you started on Twitter um and that's kind of how your account grew but and you guys were really one of the first people on i feel like on gambling twitter that was starting to like kind of have like a presence and putting things out there how did it kind of evolve into uh you know like you guys have a big discord community and you guys have a, a huge following realistically yeah i mean honestly like you said i, I was pretty lucky that i started the account in the early days of mm -hmm. everyone and their sister trying to start a gambling <laughs> twitter account um so honestly like that was just pretty lucky and it was also during covid so i think you know a lot more people were just sitting around um pretending to work from home and more interested <laughs> yeah, yeah. in it and and I, I was betting on everything you know like tennis going on obviously nba and i really think the the big sport for our growth was ufc and mma because um, yeah. that was kind of the one sport that didn't pause um during covid with fight island and whatnot the fight island. um yeah and and i think honestly you know we just grew so quickly because we were winning and i was posting everything online um yeah eventually and, it became go ahead uh, no no go ahead yeah eventually it just became an issue because i would post a line on twitter and immediately it would you know drop 30 40 cents the book would take it off etc yeah. um so i kind of just needed to figure out a way to not have as many people all locking in the same bed at the same time. Yeah. Um, so we started like a private Twitter and then that grew past like the max they would allow you to have. So we moved to telegram. Um, and then we, we had a, we had a, a member who's now one of our admins and he does uh, soccer and NHL among other things for us. Yeah. His name in the discord is, is Deuce Wiggly. Um, and he, <laughs> he had the name. idea that yeah, he had the idea. He was like, Hey, like, we, we have a lot of people they're interested in the bets, but you know, there's also a lot of room to kind of create a community and try to preach responsible gambling and kind of, you know, how to look at this as an actual money-making venture and not just kind of like a get rich quick scheme and we could have a really cool community. So he had the idea to, to start a discord and ever since yeah. then it's been great and we have a yeah. wonderful community. And I think like when you have a certain amount of transparency and like some math behind your, you know, like your plays, it makes a lot more sense. Because like when I was speaking with Hangul, like off air, one of the things that like we had talked about too was not only how important like bankroll management is, but, you know, it's like understanding the sports that you're like betting on. Right. So I know like you guys each have like different backgrounds in terms of like what you each like to cap or like what you guys grew up playing or grew up watching or anything like that. Have you found that number one, I guess, what's your favorite sport to to watch or to cap? But have you felt that your like actual fandom or knowledge of the game has helped you understand how to cap that sport and kind of giving you a different edge? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it, it's kind of tough to <laughs> pick one, one yeah. sport that's my favorite. <laughs> um, so, so I'm going to give you three. Um, <laughs> okay, fair, fine. We'll take it. We'll yeah. Take it. The, the first one for me is college football. Okay. Um, and what you, what the second part of your question in terms of like watching the sport or having some knowledge of it, I found, I find that I'm very successful with college football due to a previous job that I had, okay. uh, which was hiring coaches and athletic directors for universities. All right. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So, so I, Exactly. So I got to not only know a bunch of college football coaches, administrators, trainers for the teams, assistant coaches, but I also had to research, um, you know, for potential clients that wanted consultation on the next football coach they were hiring, uh, all of their ins and outs, weaknesses, etc. Um, so I think that did definitely help uh, oh, when it comes absolutely. to the other... Yeah, when it comes to the other two sports, I think it would be MMA, UFC, um, and NBA player props. 
I think okay. NBA props are just very Dude, fun to kind of. Yeah, <laughs> everybody loves it. Yeah, I found that's what most people are are interested in, and it can also be the most frustrating at times, which <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about a, li- a bit. Oh, we'll later. get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah. That's for sure. And then uh, Hangul, what about you? So I think my favorite sport is honestly is NFL that because that was the first sport that working with DB that I was able to finally kind of understand how to bet on. It was the one I lost the most money on. I've gone to my bankroll twice before. So yeah. I think that one is my favorite because I can finally bet it smartly. And that makes you feel like look back on my high school and college stuff like, wow, I was a massive idiot and I'm glad I'm not that way anymore. Um, so that's in terms of favorite and fandom. And then I think the next for me would probably also be NBA player props um, just because I think there's a large market for it. And it's, I, didn't, I, d- I never realized how much fun it was reading for a player with money on the line. Cause it wasn't really a thing, you know, before the last few years, player props weren't as big. Officers yeah. are having fantasy being the closest thing and fantasy, obviously, you know, you're rooting for them, but then with money on the line, I realized how much fun it is to vote on players. So that'd probably be number two. Yeah. I, I like that. I like both. Uh, obviously everybody bets on NFL, but like my specialty is obviously NBA, NBA player props. But one of the things that I wanted to talk to you both about is, you know, like a lot of people cap in different ways. Right. So like we, we use like hit rates, we use, you know, different things in terms of pace or we use, you know, what, uh, what prior opponents have done against the team. What have you guys, you know, found to be successful? Like, is it just like, I don't, I, cause I don't think it's just hit rates. Like, do you use your own tools or like, do you use any exterior tools that you've found to be very useful in like your handicapping process that, you know, you think are like, you know, some stuff's not always available to the average person, but a lot of it is, it's just a matter of like, not only knowing where to look, but just also having the time to, to do it. And that's part of why I think people look for people like us that are saying like, all right, well, like, I know they put in the back end research. I know they use like this tool, this tool, this tool. So like, I know I can trust their analysis. They're not just throwing picks out into like the internet, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for every sport, it's a little bit different. Sure. Um, We do have our own projection system that's kind of like in the early stages. Um, So that's one thing that we use and kind of try to refine over time. Um, Obviously use props.cash. I think that's just a great way to see hit rates and stats and home and away splits and verse an opponent all in one place without yeah. having to just do like a hundred searches on stat muse and write them all down. <laughs> and if you have like the different, like the different connector on stat muse, you get a completely different answer. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I do think stat muse is very helpful though. I um, do too. I do too. <laughs> there's another one I use from time to time called edge house, uh, which yeah. is similar to props.cash, uh, a little more kind of analytical and projection oriented. Yeah. Um, um, but it is, you know, it is sort of, it is sort of a mixture of looking at all these different tools that provide hit rates and analysis, um, as well as, you know, just kind of watching the sport and the eye test and understanding the matchups within the matchup. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's one of those things when you're like doing your analysis too, it's, there's a certain amount of aggregation and then there's, it's obviously meshed with synthesis of like, what you can take from looking at all this data and like with your experience in not only, but not only betting, but in the sport and you can kind of grow from there and use that information as you move forward. So like one of the things that I wanted to get your guys thoughts on be both of you being basketball fans, you know, obviously with Devin's bookie is the name of the account. Like it's uh you know, it's, 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 it's NBA playoffs. So we got to talk about the playoffs a little bit here. So is there, is there a matchup right now that you're most excited for to watch so far in the playoffs? Yeah, I think obviously it's the Clippers Sun series. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, mean... Just from a, just from a personal standpoint, like the suspense of seeing Durant in the playoffs with this team is something I'm super excited for. I yeah. think there were, there were a lot of things that we saw in the regular season, but I'm sure that they have a lot of different plays and packages and, cool stuff drawn up that we'll get to see in the playoffs. Um, so from, from a personal standpoint, that's what I'm most excited for. Um, just in general, in terms of these first round series, I think Warriors Kings is the one I'm most excited for. Um, if I weren't a Suns fan, 
Uh, we have we have that's going to be a track meet, just an absolute track. Oh yeah, meet. yeah. <laughs> two elite offenses versus defenses that are kind of struggling. Um, I think the total for the first game is like two hundred forty, which for a playoff game is absurd. It's astronomical. It's it. I mean, there, I don't think either team is going to be able to stop the other. It's just going to be a matter of you know, like who's going to get tired first, almost. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm, de- I'm definitely most excited for that one. Um, so, you know, I think you raised like a different, a point just a minute ago though, too, you were saying how teams give like different looks in the playoffs. Right. And I think that that's like one of the things that's most nuanced about betting on the, especially the NBA playoffs. Right. Because you're getting these like long series. It's not like baseball, you know, it's like, all right, well, like we're just going to throw a different pitcher out there or like, or whatever, you know, it's, you pretty much are getting the same bag, like every game. Right. But in the NBA playoffs, like you start seeing different rotations, you start seeing uh, different defensive schemes, like there's counters to counters to counters. How do you, you know, kind of take that into account on a game to game basis? Because just because somebody shreds a a team in game one does not mean that they're going to have that same result in game two. So like, how do you kind of take that on a game to game basis and try to, you know, analyze it? Yeah, you're definitely right. The rotations really tighten up and we see a lot less minutes for some of the bench and kind of more role players. Um, And I think another interesting thing there is every year it seems like the books take at least a game or two, sometimes a round or two to kind of like adjust the lines they've been putting out all season for these increased minutes. Um, I think the defense also steps up, which kind of helps negate that. Um, but the really nice thing is there's not that problem you have in the regular season. If you're trying to bet on a Spurs or Rockets game where you're not sure <laughs> if they're trying to win that day or not. No, that's, I think that's for sure. And I, and I think one of the other points you just said too, like the player props, they kind of adjust, right. But a lot of times the superstars are playing like 44, 45 minutes a game. And I feel like there's a little bit more, you know, like meat on the bone when you, if you want to bet on a superstar in the postseason that you don't normally get you know during the regular season like regular season i'm looking at these lines and i'm like yeah i'm not gonna bet on Giannis like ever um <laughs> but, but like in the postseason i think that sometimes there's a little bit more opportunity to do so than you know than in the regular season i don't know what you guys think about that yeah 100 and I, and I think you know going back to your earlier question of how you change game by game um it is interesting because if, you know, if in game one, someone shreds this team, then they're going to make adjustments. And I think you can actually find some value in trying to forecast how those adjustments will be made, whether they're going to try to double this player, trap this player, et cetera. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think a lot of that comes from watching from really from watching the game. So it's, I feel like this first round of the playoffs is just like, it's a grind. I mean, like we all love basketball, but you're just watching so many games trying to find like so many little edges. Uh, but it just, it almost does seem like more like a job rather than like in the first round, rather than like, you know, sitting back and just enjoying all of the games in the same type of way. Um, but, you know, I, do you have a team or do you guys have like a vested interest in any team's from prior, like earlier in the season? And is there any teams that you're going to be looking to add to right now, kind of before the playoffs really get started? Yeah, good question. Um, so I obviously have a vested interest in the Suns. Not, <laughs> sure. not, not financially, actually. I do not have any, I do not have a single dollar on any future of theirs. Um, funny story before I answer your question, actually. When okay. they when they made when they made the finals a few years against the Bucks, um, I, on a whim, I just I took them a hundred to one to win the finals before the season started, and it was before Jesus. Chris Paul got traded. Okay, um, <laughs> so I'm sitting there with a one hundred to one ticket. They're up two zero against the Bucks in the finals, and I I did not hedge, and it oh, was no. kind of like a huge learning moment for me to just <laughs> lock in that profit when you can. Um, and, but it's, it's kind of made me averse to betting them in, in the future. <laughs> that's, that's fucking nuts. And you know what? Let's talk about this now before we get into who else you want to bet on going into this. Are you now that you've had that experience, are you somebody that will hedge or, cause I feel like this is always a question. Like, do I hedge this? Do I not? And then people are like, let it ride. You got the best of the number. Like, do you have a thought on this? Yeah. So, 
it's interesting. I think it's all situational. Mm-hmm. Um, like a 100 to one ticket where your team is up 2-0 in the series, you need them to win. I, I think you want, you probably want to hedge and lock in that profit. Yeah. Um, but, but it really is kind of like an expected value calculation. Um, and there's different camps to it. You know, some people think you should never hedge just over time. You'll kind of see better return doing that. And other people that are of the opinion, you should just lock in profit. Um, yeah. for me, it's, for me, it's really situational. Um, you know, it, it really depends on like what the initial bet is and what my stake is on it. And then what are the markets to hedge like in response to that? So for example, um, the, the only future I made the NFL two years ago was the Rams to win it all. All right. <laughs> <It's sharp>. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly have to go back to my notes to, to figure out why that was the case. And they were very like they had a lot of positive variance and kind of yeah I had a Rams ticket health. too so I get it I get it <laughs> yeah and and so in that game against the Bengals you know we're sitting on one unit to make fifteen units and that's a situation where I'm going to take the Bengals plus three and and try to middle that sure um, and I think they ended up winning the game by two so yeah that was I think you double hit that yeah was, that was great yeah so that was a very lucky situation. <laughs> But, you know, if I have if I have a half unit or one unit on a baseball team to win and they're up, you know, five or six runs entering the ninth, I'm probably not going to hedge that because just, you know, over time, I'm, I'm I know that that team will win more often than they won't. Yeah, I, I'm fully with you there. And like one of the things that I always tell people, I'm like, is it life changing money or is it just like I can go buy a new pair of shoes because it's just like the the amount of money like you said it's like it's normally bad value and usually if you have a ticket that's like that big the odds that they're the favorite are pretty bad usually um where you know at that type of situation so unless you got like one of those 15 team parlays or something like that but whenever i like whenever if i ever want to throw a lotto in i always try to make like whatever the last leg is you know like the underdog or like no the favorite rather so i can hedge with the underdog if Mm -hmm. i really need to you know um, but I, I agree with you. I think hedging is, it's always situational, but if it's life-changing money for the hedge, then I think it's, you know, I always think it's something you kind of need to consider. And I think, yeah, yeah, you know, my, my advice for people would just be not to like, you know, take advice and listen to what other people have to say. But at the end of the day, it, it really is like a personal decision, how much you're wagering with, how much you can afford to lose, what your goals are long-term in sports betting. And, if you want to take profit, take it. If you want to just let your bet ride, do that as well. I don't think there's a wrong answer. No, I, I'm with you there. Uh, I think what DB said is like, uh, it's so true. It depends on what your gambling goals are. And I think that's like something that doesn't get talked about. Like, you know, everyone talks about like online, everyone's like, oh, never hedge. You're bad. It's bad. Value. I totally get that. And I, for the most part, I try to set up my personal bets so I never have to do that. But I think that like, there's a lot of people who are gambling just for fun. Like, you know, they're throwing what, like 20 to 30 bucks a night. You know, if they get a chance to win like 300, that gives them a, a chance to bet, you know, for another three weeks, you know, like that's their entertainment for the evening. Like you're not, I don't know if you're not taking betting to constantly make money doing it, to have fun and, you know, get a little cash on the side. Then I don't think people should ever be, you know, roasted on social media or be made to feel bad for hedging. The math is the math, but I think that like, that's something I just wanted to say that, you know, it's like, it's your own financial goals. You have to decide what's best for you. Yeah. I think that's a great, I think that's a really a great point. So as you're going as, so like, let's bring it back here, but it's like, as you're looking into the playoffs, <laughs> you know, you're hedging on, you might be hedging on your son's happiness a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you start opening up a new position on a Western conference team, but are you, are you guys eyeing any, any teams here? Yeah. So before the season started, um, we had a, a pretty large set of NBA futures and we had the 76ers and the Nuggets um, what we kind of structured it so we took their win totals to cover exposure on them winning the conference and winning the finals. Great. Um, so those are kind of the two teams that I have an interest in financially heading into the playoffs. The one team, and there's really only one that I'm going to take an outright on now, and that's the Warriors. Okay. Um, I just I took them. I think they're plus nine fifty on DraftKings right now, and. I just think this team is kind of starting to click, hitting the right gears, and they're getting Wiggins back. Yeah. Um, and, and they're really they're really the same team that won the finals last year with Wiggins. And I think getting him back is just um, 
pretty important to them as he was an essential piece to their finals run on, on both sides of the floor, offense and defense. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of the the new position that I'm going to open up. And it is also somewhat of an emotional hedge for the Suns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the good thing is, too, you know, you have the the way the bracket is, the Suns and the Warriors aren't in the same part of the bracket, right? So mm-hmm. you could essentially have a way to have both teams in the Western Conference Finals and then you you really don't have to hedge either either position besides like your emotions, but that's a totally different story. So like, but I do think that I like taking the I like the Warriors here. Um, I think the matchup with the Kings is particularly interesting though because I, the Warriors have been this team, right? Like, are you concerned about their home road splits, right? Like when you look at this, I'm like, are they just telling me what, like what they are as a team that they just have been atrocious on the road and then incredible at home? Or like, is it just, yeah, like they just aren't really worried about it. They made it into the playoffs. It is definitely a bit concerning. Um, I think the two things going for them, at least in the first round is that they're, they're playing, they're not too far from home playing Sacramento yeah. in the same state. Um, they're going to have fans there. And really, I think if they just have an experience advantage, um, that that's something that you'll hear all the talking heads kind of talk about, but the Kings haven't been to the playoffs and this is a team that has multiple championship rings. And I, I think that kind of experience as well as not playing too far from home will help them later mm-hmm. in the playoffs. It's, it's definitely a concern for me. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make a big investment on them, but I just think, getting getting these odds when they have Wiggins back is pretty advantageous. Yeah. Um, but like, if I were to pick a team, you know, like gun to my head that I think will win the championship, it's it's the Bucks. But there's okay. not an investable opportunity at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think Milwaukee's a little bit tough. Um, one bet that I put in relatively recently, but the odds kind of moved significantly, was the Eastern Conference to win the finals. And I got it about even money just because I felt like the Bucks, the Celtics and the Sixers, in my opinion, were like head and shoulders better than most of these teams in the West, really besides the Suns if they gelled, right? So like I just, and we can talk about this a little bit since you're a fan, but have you felt that Phoenix has gelled enough? Uh, obviously, like they haven't lost with Durant, but like, do you feel like they've gelled enough to kind of like make this run in the playoffs, which is going to be, it's going to be a tough path because realistically you figure they're going to have to go through the Clippers who can switch basically everything. They don't have Paul George right now, but maybe Paul George comes back. They're, they're realistically going to have to play the Nuggets. And then you're probably going to have to play, you know, I, I think that the Lakers are a legit threat at the seven seed, if assuming they win last night. So we're recording this before the Lakers game, but assuming the Lakers win and they're in that part of the bracket, I think that the Lakers or the Warriors, I think, are more dangerous than honestly than the Grizzlies or the Kings. Um, but those two, like, that's a tough matchup in the Western Conference Finals for Phoenix. Do you think they've gelled enough to kind of get through the West? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And I agree with your analysis about the other teams as well. I think, you know, it, it definitely hurt that Durant had that pre-game warm-up injury and they had less games to gel together yeah um and like the answer to your question in general is that yes i i think they'll be fine durant's kind of one of those players that i think could mesh with any team right away um just plays really well off the ball on the ball he can take over if he needs to has that experience, you know, taking the last shot in the game against the Mavericks. Um, but I, I do have some concerns. The The game against the Nuggets, like, entire bench was a little concerning <laughs> that we weren't Fair. able to just kind of blow them out of the water. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely think, like, there's some depth issues and some questions about how they'll mesh. The biggest thing for me in this playoffs will be DeAndre Ayton's defense. Yeah. Um, like when we made that finals run, he he was just locked in on defense. And I think it was a big reason that we made it, you know, he totally neutralized Jokic and pretty much any other big that they played until they got to the big game. And 
he was really tired and couldn't do anything about Giannis. Yeah. Um, but I, mean, I think that's, yeah. that's really going to be our key to success is him kind of buying in and being there on defense. I'm, I'm less worried about the starters kind of meshing with Durant. That's yeah, that's fair. Durant's kind of one of those players that you can kind of just drop into any lineup and he's going to do what he's going to do. But, and like, I think that okogi has been great. And really it was like kind of filled in that gap that I thought was going to be missing when they traded, you know, Bridges and Johnson, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But I do think that you're right. Like they should, I think they should find a lot of success, but I wanted to pivot to the Eastern conference. Cause like you mentioned that you feel like the bucks are the team, but there's no investable opportunity. Um, And you already have a 76ers position. The East to me, like I'm a Knicks fan. Um, so, you know, like I just hope Jalen Brunson just goes on like an absolute rampage throughout the East, but like, I think that's kind of a pipe dream. Right. But the East to me, like feels very chalky. Um, like, I don't think that we're going to see any first round upsets. Uh, like I would be stunned if we saw a first round upset outside of maybe, you know, like the Knicks Cavs and the four or five, but I don't know if that's the Homer in me or not, but like, I think that we're really going to be down to, you know, the top four teams in the East. I think it's tough to bet on anybody besides Milwaukee just because of the fact that Philly and Boston likely have to go through each other. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think whoever wins the 76ers Celtics series will be pretty beat up and fatigued. I'd I'd be surprised if that one didn't go at least six, probably seven games. Um, Whereas Milwaukee, they, they have a little bit easier of a path. I could see them getting some more rest not being as banged up and just kind of being fresher for that series against the other one of the other two teams. But I definitely agree with you that it will be the Bucks, 76ers or Celtics that are out of the East while the West, you know, I could see, I could see any of like five or six teams winning it, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I guess the, the final question that I have for you, like in relation to the Eastern conference anyway, is, is there something like, what do you need to see? from one of Milwaukee, Boston, or realistically, or Philly, right? Like out of those three teams, like what do you need to see out of them for them to like be the title contender out of the East? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think for the Bucks, we, we pretty much know what we're getting. Yeah. Um, they, they have Giannis and he's kind of shown he can take over in the playoffs. Um, they have, you know, Brooke Lopez holding it down in the paint. Um, as much as I dislike Jay Crowder, he's an excellent playoff piece just as a three and D guy. Um, so there's, there's not really any, any questions that I have there. Like I, I would say the biggest one for the bucks is probably just what Chris Middleton looks like. Yeah. Um, if, if he's playing well, then they're, I think they're really tough to beat. Um, when it comes to the 76ers, I think the big question for me there is Harden in the playoffs. Uh, he's he's shown a, a little bit of a tendency to regress in the playoffs. And I think he'll have to show up for them and they'll have to get some good production out of Maxi as well. Yeah. Um, and Embiid will have to stay healthy. Uh, that's, 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 the that's big obviously, question, right? yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's obviously a, a theme question. for every, that's a theme for every team, like the Suns as well. Like if Durant gets injured, like, you know, they're getting <laughs> bounced in the first round. Yeah. Um, For the Celtics, like, I think, Tatum just needs to be consistent. Um, and that's really what it is for them. Like if, if he's on and he's playing like he's capable of, then they're also very tough out with just how good their defense is and how many role players they have. Yeah. And and they're battle tested, right? Like after going to the finals. So like we know, we know that they can, you know, really contend and compete with the best of the best. So I think it's going to be a really good, playoffs um and i think the first round should be the first round in the west is going to be crazy first round in the east i think is going to be probably a little bit more like laid back or so but i think that we're we're kind of setting up ourselves up for a pretty strong uh playoffs uh hongel do you have any do you have a do you have a title winner that you think is going to come out on top uh in terms uh, obviously the knicks i'm also a knicks fan they're going Let's all go. the way, you know <laughs> gonna dominate um, I do think that, like what you said, is completely true. The East is kind of out, it's very chalky. Um, top three is kind of is what it is, and I think the only real upset chance is the Knicks in the first round. Yeah. Fandom side, I, I think that is something that you know I would consider betting. Um, was a little bit more heavier than probably supposed to based on value, just because I'm a Knicks fan. A little but, bit. Um, but <laughs> in terms of that, um, 
I truly think I like I I agree with DB on this. It's for me, it's the Bucks on the East. It's not even close. Um, I have some bias towards Giannis, um, just because when the Knicks are bad, I've been following a lot of young players, like you know, throughout before they became a popular franchise. Yeah, <laughs> and Giannis is one of those players that I was eyeing. Um, but I I personally think that I think the inconsistency with Tatum is too high. Um, uh, and that even though they are battle tested, and I think that. We've seen it for so many, every single, almost every single playoffs for the last few years where one injury has just messed something up. And it's very, it's very liable that I think that the, unless it's Giannis, I think the Bucs can withstand that the best on the Eastern yeah. side. So I think um, like there's no way to bet on them, but I would agree that they're the most likely choice to come out on the East. Yeah. Like, I think it's kind of this weird situation. It's a question. It's a thing that somebody, uh, Brandon Anderson brought up actually um, from the Action Network. And he was saying he feels that if the Celtics were to win the title, Tatum would maybe be like one of the worst best players on a title winning team yep. in the past, like 20 years, which is like a weird thing to say because Tatum has been awesome. But like, when you look at the the best players, it's like Giannis, uh, Curry, Durant, LeBron, like it's Kawhi, like when he was on, you know, the Raptors. And then there's like kind of Kawhi when he was on the Spurs which is maybe like a closer comp, right? But like, it's hard to win an NBA title without that like elite superstar talent. And, you know, there's only a few teams that really have that right now. I think just on a, on another note, for me, I, I it bothers me a lot about, oh, there's so many superstars in the NBA. Like, I think that, that people throw that term around, Max Contract get thrown, thrown around a lot, but there are not that many. It's a very, very, very small list. And I say this as a huge OG Kawhi stand. Um, also, like I love Domino, he's on the Spurs, and also um, when he won with the Raptors. But I think that point is very true. Like people anoint like Tatum as a superstar, but I think that that list is literally like the four people that you mentioned earlier, and that's about yeah. it. Technically, that have earned that designation as of right now. Yeah, like it, it's super narrow, and it's just I, I, it just seems to be like a little bit over like emphasized, right? So um, I, I, I'm very curious to see these playoffs. I'm very excited. I do have one series bet. Um, besides, uh, you know, besides, uh, besides the Knicks. Right. And it's actually, and I want, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on this because it's about the 76ers and the Nets. Right. So I think the 76ers are likely to sweep. Um, I don't think that there's necessarily value on the, the series, like on the series price for like a sweep at uh, plus it's like plus two forty. but you can actually get under four and a half games at a better number at plus two seventy. So I did sprinkle that a bit. But I bet on Spencer Dinwiddie to lead the series in assists per game. Um, and the reason I did that was because Harden, just like you mentioned, Harden in the playoffs really has kind of fallen off a bit. Uh, he, you know, his assist numbers go down. He's really only averaging about like eight and a quarter in the playoffs. And Dinwiddie, he's kind of emerged as this primary facilitator for this Brooklyn team. And since March 1st, he's averaging 10.2 assists and i'm getting that at plus 250 uh at DraftKings. so i felt like it was a good angle or like a different angle since we're getting a couple of these that are starting to pop now uh but i don't know if you, what you guys think about that or if those are markets that you guys kind of like to dabble into or not it's pretty funny yeah, I, was I, I definitely think markets red before <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think they're like interesting but uh like i love that bet it's just like kind of hard because normally it's like leader in points or leader in whatever. And it's like, all right, well, this series has Curry. This series has Embiid. Like there's no value, right? But that one felt like there's a little bit of teeth on, or, you know, like there's a little bit of skin on there that we can kind of get into. Definitely. I, I think like the the probability that Harden or Dinwiddie lead the series and assist is closer to plus 250. So I definitely like that bet. Nice. Um, so, you'll, you'll yeah. just need, you'll just need Mikhail to start hitting his threes. Yeah. I, it's going to be one of those game like series. It's just like, are the nets going to come close or like, I think the only way they can really win a game is if they shoot a lot of threes. So there's some three point variance. And that's why I was like a little nervous about betting for like a sweep, but Philly is just far and away the better team in that matchup. I think. Yeah. You might also get some situations in that one where the nets are down, you know, 20 points in the fourth quarter and have Dinwiddie out there while the 76ers are kind of trying to rest their starters. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, I, I don't know if you guys have any, have any other playoff thoughts right now um, or anything that you want to say about that, but if not, 
Uh, I want to get your guys take on uh, one of my favorite segments here called pods and Rex, but we'll get into that. If you guys don't have any other thought playoff thoughts real quick. I think uh, something similar to what you just said, something that we're eyeing and have not pulled trigger on it yet, but probably will tonight or tomorrow morning is mm-hmm. uh, Clay Thompson to lead that series and scoring at 15 to one. Okay. Um, you know, it's in all likelihood, it's going to be Steph or De'Aaron Fox. Um, but if he has one of those games where, you know, he just hits nine or 10 threes, um, we just think 15, we think 15 to one is a little wide for that, especially against his Kings defense. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that, especially at that number, right? Cause I mean, you're just getting, you're getting an insane value at that. And I think it's interesting too, because they have the threes leader as well. Right. So like they have clay at plus one sixty five compared to Curry at minus two forty. But like, if you're going to bet somebody that's not Steph Curry to be the threes leader, you may as well take the points and just go all the way with it. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's an important thing to just kind of stress to anyone listening. To this is when you're taking a 15 to one, it's not because you think it's a lock or you think it's like <laughs> a very certain thing. It's because you don't have to hit a lot of those over time to profit. Yeah, exactly. So you just have to be right at least one out of 15 times and you're doing okay with that. So, so I love that. I love that. Um, I I definitely will look, I'll look at that more, but I'm sure we'll talk about this offline, but I I think I'll probably fire on that one. I think that's a good bet at 15 to one for clay. Um, But with that guys, I want to take you to one of my favorite segments. It's called pods and recs. So I explained this a little bit off air, but for those of you that are new to listening, it's just an opportunity for everybody to recommend one thing that they really want to get out there for the listeners. And it could be anything. It could be a bet. It could be, you know, a recipe. It could be whatever we want here. Um, but I will, I want to turn to one of our guests first. So Hangul, I'll turn to you and say, what is your recommendation for the listeners uh, for this week's episode? Uh, I mentioned this to Joe earlier. I appreciate this segment. I think it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> If anyone's interested in my life story, I'm currently on a big gym grind. So I'm looking at trying to have healthy, uh, like new replacement shakes. And so I recently discovered that if you use, I'll, if I have the photo of it, I'll tell you the name of the protein, but it's basically just chocolate protein powder, yeah. but specifically frozen, a frozen mixed bag of like strawberries, pineapples, and mangoes from Costco. There's my uh, sales pitch for Costco with some milk. I found it to be very refreshing. And what you can do is you can actually freeze the end result if you don't put too much milk into it. And make it into like a, uh, ice cream, like put it in a freeze, like ice cream cubes, essentially, and it becomes like a high protein dessert smoothie snack whenever you want it. And so it's been a big way to like, uh, um, like you know, indulge my uh, sweet sweet craze at like two a.m. in the morning when all the games are finished, and I'm like looking at stuff for the next day. Hey, dude, I'm never gonna knock protein shakes. So <laughs> get your gains, man. Maybe add a little trend in there. See how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but all right, DB, DB, what do you got for us? Yeah, Hangul is on this big gym grind, but I think I think you know my advice to him would be to focus on the gym a bit more because that seems to be where he wants to talk bets all the time and ask if I see value in things and do some research. Dude, um, nothing so, gets you well, nothing gets you juiced up more than more than a line, so you may as well yeah. you may as well. <laughs> yeah, um, mine mine will be related to betting and. Uh, not not too exciting or anything, but my advice to to everyone out there, anyone listening to this, is um, just to to kind of do this the right way and and practice bankroll management. Um, I think you know units and all that get thrown out there a lot, but as important as finding good bets, finding value, um, and winning bets over time is bankroll management. The only way you're going to profit long term, the only way you're going to be able to withstand cold runs and take advantage of hot streaks is just being really disciplined with your bankroll management, having an amount of money set aside that over time you could afford to lose. Um, and, you know, sticking to one or 2% of that kind of per bet on average. Um, the discord kind of gets tired of me because I think every single day (laughs) in the recap that we post, I remind them of this but there's nothing that makes me happier um, than when we have a, a new member, an old member where it kind of, it finally clicks for them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, over time they, they just sort of learn that 
the way to make this fun, the way to make this less stressful and also profitable over time is to really stick to that and and never stray from it. Yeah. I think that that's perfect advice. And like, that's a great recommendation because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's been lately, but uh, you see on Twitter all the time. It's like, oh, Max Whale, like 15 unit play. And I'm like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Like you, cannot, <laughs> like, you just can't be doing that. That's insane. Like, and I think at the end of the day, it's usually people that are chasing, right? And like, they want to say that they're profitable at the end of the month. And it's like, well, if I have a 40 unit play right now, like if it hits, then I'm profitable. And then I'm going to say, hey, we were up in April, guys, you know? So it's, I think that having real bankroll management is so important. So I love that recommendation. I think, yeah, I think it's, always, it's not that we talk about 100%. You know, it's not the most exciting advice, it's not as cool as smoothies or something like that. But any chance I can get to, to preach bankroll management, I'm going to take advantage of it, whether people like it or not. Yeah, dude, I'm with you. I'm with you. So I'm going to, I'm going to pivot off of that, just like a hard pivot and it's allergy season. That's, that's so, what like, we need, Joe. That's yes. what we need. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like it's allergy season. Like I'm going to recommend taking some allergy medicine. Sometimes you need that shit that makes you drowsy. So like, cause that's got, that's the stuff that's got the punch. So I know a lot of people are Zyrtec or Claritin guys, non-drowsy stuff, but I'm a Zyzol guy. And let me tell you it, like it really packs. How do you spell that? X-Y-Z-A-L. It's great. It's it's really just, it's a great, it's a great antihistamine and it makes me <laughs> feel better. It lets me concentrate on my plays. And sometimes like when the weather's real bad and like the allergy season's real bad, I think sometimes you really do need to incorporate a nose spray. Uh, and it just really will help you guys stay focused and, you know, stay true to form as you hit the gym you're not blowing your nose there like you can't be doing that it looks ridiculous so <laughs> you know it's like while you're betting while you're podcasting i'm not coughing i'm not sniffling i am locked in so this isn't a commercial but if anybody wants to pay for one please right please sign me up so no i just am preaching from the goodness of my you know sinus cavity right now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's that's awesome advice and i think the best thing about what the three of us just said is you can do all of those things together. You, you, you could, can, you can take your, you can take your allergy medicine. You can, you can hit the gym when you get home from the gym. You can, you can drink your protein powder with your, with your frozen fruit. Um, and then you can, you know, lock in some bets responsibly. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you guys can take all these recommendations, all this advice from the pod, parlay that together and cash that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love it.